Today in Lockdown Red Wings, they lost. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. And uh, I'm the podcast, I am a podcast producer, rather, for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Lockdown Tigers. And I am upset for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think primarily is I'm recording this episode at one in the morning, and the Red Wings didn't even have the decency of winning that hockey game. Yeah, yeah. 1 a.m. recordings after losses really uh, vibe vibes aren't very high. I'll admit that. Um, yeah, morale is low. Yeah, not not great. I mean, for what it's worth, I I struggle to even say this, Scotty, when talking about this three to two loss in overtime to the Anaheim Ducks. Obviously, you, if you want to look at silver linings, they got a point in this game and. Baby steps were taken in your performance. We talk about and we're critical of their five-on-five play. At five-on-five, you played very even with the Anaheim Ducks through three periods. Um, The last half of that third period, I feel like the wheels kind of came off and the Ducks kind of took over um, at five-on-five. Yeah, outshot regulation. None of that matters. None of those baby steps or silver linings matter because at the end of the day, this was is one of the worst teams you're going to face all season long. They've they been still the don't have a regulation teams. win. They still don't have a regulation <laughs> win. It's almost Thanksgiving. They do not so, have a regulation win. I don't take any solace in the fact that they got a point in this game. I mean, this was the game that the Red Wings could have used to snap their three-game losing streak. Now, instead, it's a four-game losing streak. And I don't even... Scotty, I don't know where you want to begin in terms of the cons for this game. We have cons. We have pros. There are pros from this game, namely like... Jonathan Bergeron, but I feel like we, when, when losses happen, I feel like we have to talk about why the loss happened before we can get to the lighter notes because, I mean, they did lose the game, you know? So I don't know where you want to begin. I'll let you kind of I think the way I want to begin with something you said there, which was I view playing even five-on-five five with the Ducks as a con. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't view that as a pro. That's not a good thing. You should, you should be dominating the ducks on five on five. And like, I'm not trying to make this sound like, you know, one of the worst teams in the history of the NHL or anything like that, but this is a team that you are comfortably better than and comfortably more talented than and comfortably deeper than in your forward groups. And even for as much as we've talked about the struggles of this defensive unit, the ducks is worse. I promise (laughs) it's a train wreck over there. Okay. So like, this is this is a, a game that, like, yay, we finally played even with someone on five-on-five, on five, but because of the opponent, that almost feels, like, gross to call a pro. Like, that's a con. Like, you, you should have you outplayed them five-on-five. Five. And it, it, it shouldn't have been – again, I think it was only by one shot, but, like, you got outshot in regulation by the Ducks. Like, that's, that's not a good thing. And – uh, even though it's close, which is like been rare lately, like that's that's not a that's not a pro. I don't know. It, it's 
like like we said, mor- <laughs> we're both tired and morale is low and we're both like crabby, but like golly, man, that was a frustrating game. Yeah, I know. I mean, I missed the first period of this hockey game, admittedly so, because I had my own hockey game to go to, which we also lost three to two. Um <laughs> Uh, it was a bad omen to begin with. Not an overtime, though. And, uh, of course, I got off the ice. I'm like, of course, I missed Jonathan Bergeron's first NHL goal. Don't worry, guys. I, I saw it, though. I did see the replay. But I texted you, and I'm like, so what have I missed in the first 20 minutes? You go, they've played them very tight. And, honestly, that's frustrating. And I knew immediately what you were talking about. because, And I don't want to make light of the Anaheim Ducks. I know they are one of the worst teams in the league, and they will be throughout this year. But you're still playing an NHL team. And any right. given yeah, night, that was the point I was losing. trying to make was like, yeah. I'm not trying to make this sound like a like again, like one of the worst teams ever or anything. They might not even finish with the worst record in hockey, like, but but they're certainly in that. Like, if you were to make a tier list, they would be in the last tier. There would be yeah. no tier below whatever tier the Ducks are in. Yeah, absolutely. And you barely outplayed them if you did at all at five on five, depending on the period. It was a different story. Of course, yeah. again, it was very tight every single step of the way penalties killed you again. I think I said, I, I didn't say it on the episode yet, but right before I counted it, they had five or six penalties again in this game, three of which yeah. came in the three of which came in the third period that canceled out crucial power play opportunities. The Red Wings had to extend their own lead. You went so, from and, a power play to a five on three in like 40 seconds. And two of those were stick infractions. And that's yeah. the biggest thing too, is you can't be taking the worst kind of penalty. You can take the L penalty. Like there, there are opportunities, there are times where taking a penalty is a good idea because you're breaking up a play that could have been super dangerous and would have been a guaranteed goal. You give your, you, you prevented a goal. And now the team just has to play defense for two minutes, but stick infractions are the laziest penalties you can take. Cause it means you're not moving your feet and you lost two power plays due to stick infractions. And another one um, you ended up on one power play going down to a five on uh, or four on three and five on three. And you killed that. Um, because of a roughing on top of it, which there was a debate about embellishment, that that's not the point. The point here is the the same problems persist, and it's getting you blown out in games against teams like the New York Rangers, and it's getting you, it's making you lose close battles against bad teams like the Anaheim Ducks. And unless they can figure out in a way to correct the course, this season's not going to be even as good as we thought it was going to be. Not that we thought that this team was going to be a playoff team. I keep reiterating that because I want to hammer home. Like let I want to, I want everyone's expectations to be realistic for what this team is. But I mean, you're going to fall short of the expectations we did have. If you can't figure out this, we talk about scoring off the rush and scoring power play goals. Like they had in today's game, they had a power play goal in this game. It was great. Bergen's first. We'll talk about that, but that's not a consistent way to win hockey games. That's complementary to a solid five-on-five game. That's how right. you build success. And if you can't establish a five-on-five culture, you're not going to win hockey games. And I don't care where you are, at, where you are at in the rebuild. You have to play good at five-on-five. You have to establish zone presence. And we've talked about it. We've talked. We beat this horse dead. I mean, it's just Friday. It right Friday, not quite yet, but it's just. It's it's getting exhausting, and I know it's again it we're it we're crabby because it's one in the morning. We just watched this team blow a, another lead in third period, which is another thing we got to talk about. Yeah. Is third period collapses. It's just there. It gets exhausting after a while. You want you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop and the turn the team to flip the switch on their five on five play and for it to to click, and it just hasn't clicked yet. 
Yeah, I, I still I hold out some hope that it's still like it's before Thanksgiving and you know, with a new coach and and presumably a new system. And and we've seen a little bit of a new system implemented that as the season goes on, that you know, there's a chance that as players get more and more comfortable and confident with the new system and it starts getting easier to implement and and whatnots, players get healthy and, and stuff. Like there, there's certainly things that as the season goes on, they can improve on and I think they will improve on. But I, I think every game I become more and more convinced that this team is going to be wildly inconsistent yeah and that's like the the big thing that i just every single game i I become more and more confident in that take and it's just it's something where they're not going to be terrible and like we've never said they're going to be a playoff team so like that's that's off the table as well they're going to be you know, after the season ends, they're going to have a point total that's relatively competent. You're going to look at and go like, oh, a step forward was taken or, oh, this division is super tough. And, you know, we hung around or whatnot. But when you do what fans do, as I'm sure most of our, our listeners and watchers do, and as as we do, obviously, as part of our job, like watching them every game, when you will see on a, a game-to-game basis that this team will beat teams, that are, they are – they shouldn't win and that are way better than them some nights. And they will also lose to teams like the Anaheim ducks and the Chicago Blackhawks, which they've already done both of those things already (laughs) before Thanksgiving. So like, I think that, that that's what this season is going to be. I think the point total will be a respectable, not a like disaster where people are like, Oh my goodness, this point total sucks. And this season was a failure. I don't think that, but I think when at the end of the season, when you dissect it game by game, you're just going to see, okay, the, the next step for this team is is getting some level of consistency because we stole some points from teams that we shouldn't have stolen points from, and we dropped points from teams that we shouldn't have dropped points from. I agree with literally everything you just said. I think that is going to be the biggest issue this team is going to have. And I mean, there's still a couple more things I want to talk about. I don't want to make this whole episode dreary and dour. But, I mean, that's just the reality. I mean, it's dreary and dour because the team lost to one of the worst teams in hockey. So we'll continue the conversation on the other side of this. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. If you guys aren't eating Built Bars yet, you got to. They're great. You got to try them. Talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, cookie, a coconut brownie bar, and coconut brownie topper. There's also white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Bilt's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built Bilt puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud, which is true. The cookie dough chunk puff is it's legit. Fact, yeah. It's fact. That's not even subjective. That's objective. No, that's objective. <laughs> First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Bilt bars before, They're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built, which again, I can back up with my own personal uh, experiences with built bars. I've gone through a lot of different uh, types of protein bars over the year back when I, you know, was actually into the gym and went five days a week. I'm lucky to go three days a week now, but back when I was trying to get swole, I I tried a lot of different built uh, protein bars, man. And built was the only one that ever consistently had good flavor. A lot of them are chalky, but that's not a problem with built, especially if you go with the puff. I always highly recommend people go to the puff. 
Uh, they're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, just 130 of them. Just sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Again, that's code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are sobbing and literally stomping our feet at the loss of the Detroit Reddings, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I mean, when we're talking about other things, let's talk about something that's kind of a pro and kind of a con in this game. I actually thought the defense played extraordinarily well, and you lump Vili Husso in there as well. Let me, let me. Whenever I say defense, I don't always mean the defense. I do mean the defense in this game, but I'm talking about the team's defense as a whole. They blocked a lot of shots. They shut down a lot of plays. Vili Husso made a lot of fantastic saves. He was great in this game. For both teams, Ducks included, like us, both teams were really good at um, putting sticks in the lane. Dude, like Gibson that was something that too. like both teams did all game at like an incredible level. I was like, what is happening? No one can complete a pass. <laughs> like every lane had a had a stick or two in it. It was very impressive by both sides. And yes, the, the wings certainly did that very well too. Yeah. I mean the, the team, they both stopped a lot of quality scoring chances for both teams. Obviously teams had scoring chances still, but I yeah. thought, especially down the stretch for the longest period of time, I mean, the Red Wings, like I said, took those bad penalties, canceling out power plays, leading the penalty kills. They killed those off. It was very impressive. Now, granted the, the Anaheim ducks power play is the 31st in the league. And they did get a power play goal in this game. But I thought in their own zone, they prevented scoring opportunities very well. My issue with the team's defense more has to do with the transition out of their own zone and the stoppage of zone entries. I noticed this happened a lot. When the Red Wings would begin to try and enter the opponent's zone, the Ducks would attack them as soon as they got the blue line, forcing them either to curl back and regroup or dump and chase. When the yeah. Ducks went to enter the Red Wings blue line, across the Red Wings blue line, there was none of that. They always had a clean zone entry, skated right through, and established zone presence or got a chance off the rush. That's one of my problems with this defense, is they're not challenging at the blue line. They're letting play, the opposing team just skate in and establish presence, which may be an overarching problem that I just haven't noticed until tonight as why this team gets outplayed at five-on-five five more times than not. And then the other issue I had, too, was on breakouts, the defense would get the puck, and I mean the defenseman this time. The defenseman would get the puck, look up ice to their wingers or their centers, make the pass to the open winger and center, and the open winger or center is not ready for the puck or not expecting the puck, and it would end up being a turnover at the blue line. That's not on the defense. That's on the forwards for not expecting the puck. Always have your head up looking for a pass. That's where my problem comes in, in the defensive zone, as to why I huge things that stood out to me. Yeah, I, I think that something that we talked about Right when the season first started, when they got off to a few wins, right, to start off the year, something that we really highlighted was, especially I remember opening night specifically, we talked about the forecheck and how good that it was and how good that it looked and that they were like the forwards were playing aggressive, aggressive. defense and yeah. such. And in the last four games, that's completely gone away. And like, that's, that's like you said, that could be a, a, 
underlying problem that they need to take more of a look at as a whole. Or again, I mean, it could be an inconsistency thing just with the like nebs and flow of the game. Like it, it leads to certain styles. I don't know, but uh, it, it's definitely something that early in the season, uh, especially again, like with, with, I know Zadina's hurt, but like he was a, a, a pretty solid defensive forward. And like we had brought in cop and like early on in the year, that was something that, that, we noticed and we're like, Hey, this might actually be pretty decent. And, um, it, it has not been. No, absolutely. Um, it, it's just, I don't want to beat a dead horse, man. This, we know what this team's problems are. We know what they have to address to fix it. And, you know, we're not NHL head coaches and nor should I be because I'm not nearly that smart to be one. Um, I believe in you. but it's all on Derek alone to figure this thing out and, you know, implement his system as he sees fit and try to get this team to, to get it to click. I mean, the issues are obvious and he's been very forthright with what the problems are on this hockey team, but everyone's you know, aware of the, the five on five. Flag. You can, like, I mean, you can everyone. only say, I know what the problem is so many times before, you know, it's like, okay, we'll fix right. it. And again, it's like the like, Dan Campbell thing. We're, we're 16 games. Yeah. We're 16 yeah. games in the season. His first year as an NHL head coach. I don't want to be overly critical yet. I, I don't, I don't No, We're not at a point where it's track. like, is the loan system failing? Like, yeah. no, we're certainly nowhere close to that conversation yet, but, but I'm just tired of losing. It's, just it's right. We're, I mean, we're tired of losing it. It's like, and I'm not talking about this morning, in the morning. but I, I think that it, the, like for real though, like no one, no one is, screaming about how like Lalone's system and style is terrible and and is you know like is never going to work or anything like that but you all you can ask for this early on in his tenure and this early on in this season is adjustments from a game-to-game basis and that is not something that at least in the last four games that we have really seen too much of they've there have been nebs and flows. Like, again, we, we were even on five on five today, which we haven't been in weeks. But, again, that was against one of the worst teams in the NHL. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I, they, maybe they played the same level of five on five that they usually play, but it was against the Ducks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know. I mean, but I, I, all we can ask for right now is adjustments from a game to game basis. And that's, I think, all people really want to see. And in all fairness, like, we have seen some improvements. The loss to the LA Kings was an, a close fought battle. Obviously the Red Wings gave up a couple power play goals that put them down even or put them down early in the second period. Um, but they battled back, battled hard um, in the third period, which historically the season like this game have been pretty dismal for them, but their defense looked a lot better. They kept shot account, shot counts low in that game. Not so low in this game, but they have made adjustments and taken little steps forward. You could see that in this game as well, but the little steps forward don't mean as much when they come against an opponent that is not expected to be much of anything. So it, there, you can see those adjustments. You can see these, those improvements, but I just want to see it result in a win. And I know that could be, I don't know if that could, you could consider that a selfish opinion because I know what this team is. So it's selfish of me to both say, you know, I expect this team to miss the playoffs, and at the same time, I expect this team to win. That that guy's like that could be considered a selfish take. Well, beating the Ducks doesn't make you a playoff team. Uh, yeah, true, true, <laughs> good point. But like, it's like I just said, man, I'm just tired of losing. And I know realistically, I know logically, again, there's no excuse for losing to the Ducks. 
but I know realistically, I know logically what this team is. But when I sit down on the couch and I watch this game as a fan, I can't help but just root for this team to win. And after a three-game winning streak, now you got a four-game losing streak, and that just feels very reminiscent of what we saw last year. And again, I'm not trying to like sound the alarms on anything yet, but I was just hoping we were past this point, and it doesn't feel like we're quite there yet. I think there'll be improvements this year, but it doesn't feel as if that we're past that point yet. And I, it just, I, I was hoping we would be, and I felt like we needed to be. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that no part of this season is reminiscent of the second half of last season. Um, yeah. That's, I think. <laughs> that would be a good step in the right direction for me personally, I think. But no, I, I agree. I think uh, I, I think good teams are consistent. And that's something we talk about all the time on this show. And we talked about it all off season, and we talked about it leading up to the season. We've talked about it so far in the regular season. Like good teams are, are consistent on a night in and night out basis. And they don't win every game, but they're in every game and, and to be teams they're supposed to beat and, and, this team has shown very little, if any, consistency through the first month of the season. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the positives that were in this hockey game, namely, and mostly overshadowed by the loss, was Jonathan Bergen's first NHL goal and Michael Rasmussen playing out of his freaking mind. Yeah, he was great. He had a great game. Um, we'll talk about that when we come back on Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's talk first and foremost when talking about the positives. Jonathan Bergeron got his first NHL goal in this one, came on the power play, which, first of all, I love the fact that this kid is getting power play minutes in, what, his third NHL game? Yeah. I believe he actually got it early, minutes on the power play earlier than that, but it just speaks to how much faith this team already, not this team, but this organization already has in his skill set that he's getting power play minutes as a good. rookie in his third NHL game. He's looked yeah, good. he's looked good. I mean, yeah. he's looked good at five on five. He certainly looked, you know, not, he didn't look like an odd man out. He looked like he belonged on the power play unit, I thought, in this game and so far in, you know, the first three, four games of his career. Yeah, no, he, he's looked good. He's looked good. And this was kind of a, a wonky, like, weird goal, you know, off a dude's face and, like, rebounded off to, you know, perfect position to shoot. And he he took care of business and and, you know, drove it home and whatnot. But uh yeah i mean regardless of how how quirky and, and weird of a play it was it's still he, he doesn't look out of place out there he 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 is very clearly like a like a high iq like playmaking like plays happen when this puck is on his stick and uh you can tell that as he gains more and more confidence and just continues to grow and get better in certain areas in the nhl like he He's only just going to become more and more of a playmaker. You can really tell his Absolutely. style of play already. It's, it's a shame that this team lost in the fashion that they lost and who they lost to, because I feel like we're not giving this, this goal the proper aplomb that we would for other rookies when they score their first NHL goals. I mean, we remember when we came on here after Soderblom, who plays in the IR today, fantastic, uh, yeah. scored his first NHL goal. We were freaking out, and we normally would for Berggren's, but – Alas, uh, the Red Wings had to just tower a little bit. Also, yeah, all over for us. sure. That's not for yeah, sure. Not I, also, like the soda ball. I mean, like that was, I don't know. That was, wasn't that opening night. It was. There was and, also like, a lot of opening items. night. His first NHL game, Shut obviously. Like, I don't know. He's a unicorn. I don't know. I feel like that's maybe a little different situation, but fair enough. I, I and, and he deserves a ton of credit. And like I said, he 
he has looked like he's belonged so far in every game he, he's played in. I, he hasn't really been noticeably uh, like struggling, or you're like, oh my goodness, that's such a rookie move, or anything like that. Like he's he he's looked he's looked solid out there so far. So props for sure. Well, and on that deflected goal too. I mean, it came to him off a deflected shot, and yeah. you know a lot of guys. And I said this about the Pew Suter play a couple games ago. But a lot of guys would immediately shoot that puck as soon as it comes to him. It came to him, and he waited. Not long, waited like a half a second, but he got that puck and he looked for the best shooting opportunity that he had. And he made the most of it. And that patience is, you know, I'm not trying to say that he, his first NHL goal is going to steer the course of his entire career, but it was a it was a legitimate veteran-esque goal in the way that yeah. he showed that just split second patience to make sure he had an opening and not just fire it as soon as it got to a stick. That's, that's impressive. Absolutely. Um, Rasmussen was probably the, so like, if you want to talk about like silver linings or like, Oh, well you need to pick one positive in this game. Michael Rasmussen is the correct answer. He looked unreal. Like beginning to end first period. He made a couple of crazy plays first period. He drove through the lane like deked his way around, like bully balled his way through the lane as well. And then found, I think it was Sunquist, really beautiful setup. And Sunquist just couldn't bury it home. I'm pretty sure it was Sunquist. But oh. he did that in the first period. And then obviously his goal was insane. Like just an insane display of, of, uh, of strength added to like stick handling and puck protection yeah he he looked unbelievable in this one the time that whole line was great when, oh, yeah. like, he's Stink the center on that line and it was the most productive line so wait like, i'm sorry what position is he playing on that line right yeah 3c uh, baby okay. all right if he, if he keeps this up listen man if we were getting like to the halfway point of the season and he's still playing as well as he's playing i'm about to go into the receipts of the lockdown Mullings podcast <laughs> brian's gonna take a victory lap on air i was i've been a staunch rasmussen defender since last season, I, I don't, it's got oh, back a while saying like, give this guy some time. Like not everyone develops. Why don't we set path. it to like new year's day? How do we give you like a month and a half and you Deal. can, we can start off the new Deal. year. If he's still playing at this level, we'll start off the new year with you taking a victory lap. I, I don't know if I'll actually go through the effort of going through the lockdown Red Wings archives, but well, I, no, I, I no, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant like talk about how, how much of a success stories he's been. Yeah, he's been. I, I didn't that, think like, that part was serious. He's not turning into like some elite player, but he's turned onto a bona fide defensive forward that can use his body and his size to protect the puck and create plays in the offensive zone. And that was an incredible goal. Like oh, seriously, yeah, yeah. it cannot be stressed enough how impressive that entire like the setup, the the play itself, going behind the net and. Coming back out, yeah, using the body like that is so impressive. He that was an unbelievably impressive goal. Uh, Bertuzzi and Woolman also no fanfare for Woolman coming back. I want to point out we heard yesterday Bertuzzi was coming back, and maybe it wasn't like they weren't sure Woolman was going to come back. But we had the practice lines yesterday, and Woolman was slotted in on third pair. Yesterday graphic, we were like, they, oh, only, they only had Bert on the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even put him on the graphic. It's like, where's I? I get that Bert's the like he yeah, is for the, sure. the money but, you know, I don't know. They're like poor Woolman, dude. He's like, I'm coming back too, dude. And I had, <laughs> yeah. I had freaking shoulder surgery. But yeah. they both it's unfortunate back. that it 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 the. T- Addition of the two of them came at the expense of Soderblom to the IL. But yeah. that also seems to be – I don't want to speak for anything, and I don't know anything that the general public you doesn't know, know. But 
Um, I, I feel like that's maybe more precautionary than anything else. Like, because he was like day to day two days ago, and they're like, "Oh, he's just sore. Like, took a pug off the knee. We'll see." And then now it's like, uh, well, "We're just gonna have him sit out for a little bit." Well, consider this as well: is the Red Wings roster was sitting at one person shy, right? Prior to the activation of Bertuzzi and Wallman, right? And by activating both of now them, full, they would yeah. have been one over. So putting Soderblom on the IR then again frees up that roster spot. So right. I think you're on the right track. Still sucks though, as it's just like For sure. one step forward, two steps back in terms of like injuries all the time. It, it gets obnoxious. Yeah, when was the last time the Redwoods <laughs> line played together? Right? Jesus. <laughs> like seriously, um, <laughs> I feel like it's been three weeks since that line's actually been a line. Remember when we were talking about line consistency and how nice it was? Whew, that flew out the window. Yeah, that, that, that got <laughs> shot down right quick. Yeah. Um, but Huso was fantastic in this game. I thought that that third goal, nothing on him, man. He he couldn't see that thing. No, that I was just, a terrible turnover. That was a horrifically terrible turn. And like, I didn't think Burt played a bad game. I thought actually Burt was, was pretty effective in doing his normal thing in front of the net. And like, you know, we we. Raymond had a game like that earlier this year where like he had a really solid game and then like oh terrible turnover in the end to lose it like that that just happened so yes obviously it was a it was a horrible turnover and I think he'd tell you the same thing but um yeah I I didn't think he played that poorly of a game for whatever that's worth no and I mean if you want to look at those advanced analytics I like to tout so much um the best players on your team in tonight's game were the best players on your team and that's you, you want to see that Lucas Raymond Dylan Larkin, going going down in order by expected goals four percentage at five on five. Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin, Tyler Bertuzzi, Ben Sherat, Moritz Sider, all comfortably sitting above fifty percent expected goals four percentage. Um, you go to Corsi, which is just not so expected goals for. I always explain it. Expected goals for is quality shot attempts for and against. Well, Corsi is just shot attempts. Doesn't take into account like quality where shot, they came yeah. from and stuff like that. Uh, they weren't all above 50%, but it's nice to see that the players that you need to play well came out and at least were the best players on your team. I won't necessarily say played well because you lost the Ducks 3-2 to two in overtime, but were the best players on your team. <laughs> so you need more of that. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a fine line where like you want your best players to obviously be your best players because that's where the money is, but you know, you also depth is what makes winners as well. So yep. it's kind of a, you know, yin yang, but um, yeah, no, well back to your original point too. Yeah. Like who saw, I thought was, was great. I, I didn't think that any of this was really on his shoulders. I thought he played. A, oh, also just a gripe with the ducks, get some longer pegs for the, your goalposts, <laughs> bro. So annoying all yeah, game a lot. for both sides too. Like both goalies were knocking the, the, the net out like over and over again to get some longer pegs you're an nhl franchise grow up what are we doing <laughs> i anyway, agree so yeah not to blame uh certainly for the third goal i don't think for any honestly i mean one was a power play then the one in the third or one in overtime yeah i don't know i i, I thought he looked solid let's put some respect on uh john gibson's name uh too he played a great game he really played yeah well. he which, out. which was needed because he's had a terrible year so like i guess but we knew like he was nice a good goalie. Are. He's had a rough year, but he's a really good goaltender. So he's a good goaltender. That defense, I've I've said it a million times over the last forty eight hours, is atrocious. That's <laughs> like the worst defensive unit I've laid my eyes on since the Red Wings in the spring. So, so yeah, 
there you have it, guys. You got any final thoughts, man? Uh, we still ball. We still ball. Uh, there you have it. Losers of four straight got a point in this one. Let's see if they can right the ship on Thursday as the Red Wings play the Sharks, another one of the worst teams in the NHL. Which win course. comfortably, yeah. Yeah, oh, right, get right game. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, we'll catch you guys tomorrow, though, with an off-day episode. Uh, same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.